0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cricket with an Accent. This is Saqib Ali hosting the show. And today I'm joined by Singh Gill. If you are on Cricket Twitter, uh, very informed uh, account, you follow him. I do. And there's always good analysis coming out of uh, Gurkirat's uh, side. He calls himself as a cricket fan, but I rate him as an analyst and so do many of you. So let me welcome my guest. Hey, Gurkirat, how are you?
1: Uh... I'm good, good. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's uh, considering the time zones, I'm not sure how to greet
0: you. Whether should I say good evening or good morning? Yes, yeah,
1: uh, morning here. Yeah. Uh, very grateful uh, for you having me here. Uh, good
0: to good to be here. No, no pleasure is all mine, and I'm sure people will tune in because I see you've been do- busy doing a lot of uh, uh, cricket podcasts. You also appear on NDTV. So, where does cricket fit in your work schedule? I know you have a day job like I do. So where does this uh, fit in your ecosystem of things you do and how do you balance it?
1: I also have an Instagram page uh, doing a shameless plug by the name of Gilly Cricket. And my bio in that page says that life happens when cricket stops. So I think for me, it is cricket and then there is everything else. Uh, It's been one of those things which has taught me more about life, you know, more than anything else. I think I've learned a lot about uh, things that you talk about in a classroom through the cricket, through the game of cricket, you know you often talk of teamwork, dedication, determination, discipline. You know, being selfless. All of all of this, I've I think I've learned through the game of cricket and a few other sports that I follow. But mm-hmm. you know, cricket is my primary sport. I've uh, you know I do follow tennis. Uh, been following it a little less now that Federer is not very active. Uh, same you know I could say for hockey also. I was privileged enough to cover the last men's hockey world cup in Bhubaneswar in India. So, do follow a lot of sport, but yeah, nothing comes close to it for
0: me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that can be said of uh, many folks who tune into these conversations because there's a lot of content out there. But if you are tuning into hobbyists like me and my podcast, so I think uh, you, what you covered is the mindset of many fans because they want more content so on that note uh, I followed your account again uh, more in preparation of this podcast so a lot has been talked about the pitch now the dust has settled so let's talk about the pitch Uh, and even for someone like me I consider myself an average fan not like an in-depth analyst what is a good pitch and what is a bad pitch because I'm from the Indian fan generation where I believe in winning in you know in the rightful thing. And that's more like a notion of the past. I was never happy when India would make these rank turners or dust bowl. And they, they could be different, but that's how I said, why don't we prepare a decent pitch when we win? But reality is uh, Indian batsmen performed on this pitch, even on uh, day three and day four. So let's, let's talk about what is a good pitch and let's uh, you know break it down. If a pitch still spins on day one, it can still be a decent track. So let's uh, shed that notion out of the, out of the way.
1: As I said, uh, a lot of people think that there's a, that India can only win at home, uh, you know, on ranked turners. I think it's a very, very, very big uh, uh, myth because you know if you look at if you look at the last decade, uh, the games that India have lost, you know, two of them have come on turners. Uh, India lost to Australia in Pune in 2017. That was a ranked turner. Then India lost on uh, on mm. Mumbai uh, uh, 2012 in vankele, which was also a turner. And, you know, if you take your mind back to 2004 series against Australia, uh, in Mumbai only. India, though, won that game by 14 runs. But, you know, Michael Clark took 6 for 9. I think rank-turner presents, you know, especially with how uh, Indian paces have developed in the last 6-7 years. Rank-turners actually give the opposition the best chance of beating India at home. Because what happens is then you, you know, really don't need quality spinners. You just need people who can put the ball in a specific area, you know like a bowling machine and then let pitch do everything. That is why someone like a Dean Elgar took four wickets against India in Mohali 2015, that is why a Stephen O'Keefe took eight wickets. Uh, that is why a Michael Clark took six for nine, because then you really don't, then you really don't need to, you know, beat the batsman through the air or set up a dismissal, the pitch does everything. So I think playing on a rank Turner is, is actually a lifeline for the opposition, especially when they're playing against India at home. That is one. The other is, you know, if, if we take our mind back to the last India-England series in 2016. Uh, England won four tosses, but they lost three of three games. Okay, they, they batted first in Mumbai, scored 400 runs, but still lost by innings. They batted first in Chennai, scored 477 runs, and still lost by innings. I think, you know, where India lost the first game was, you know, the, the discipline lagged by the fourth and fifth bowler, which is Shahbaz, Nadeem, and Washington team. And then how India batted poorly on day three. None of the six wickets that fell. Uh, in the Indian innings on day 3 were were, were to uh, wicket-taking delivery. So I think India lost that game that way or, you know, went, went were behind the eight ball. Uh, thirdly, you know, if you talk of uh, pitches spinning on day 1, I think uh, Ravi Ashwin, you know, explained it perfectly when he said that, you know, when the ball is moving at 140-150, it is much more difficult to, you know, uh, play it than when it is spinning at around 80 or 90 kilometers per hour. So pitches spinning on day 1 is really not an issue i think you know how you sort of deem a pitch as poor or unfit is you know when when there's a when there's a, there are there are chances of injury okay i thought the pitch in johannesburg 2018 was a very dangerous pitch where india won i don't think this pitch you know even had the turn which a bangalore 2017 had against australia this had bounce so when when this pitch had bounce what it effectively did was it took the it, it took the sweep from uh, sweep out of the equation for english batsmen you know, we saw even on day one, Rohit Sharma as well as a uh, uh, Ajinkya Rahane both got out to playing the sweep shot, and that is after Rohit Sharma had you know batted for uh, for uh, batted for more than 200 deliveries and scored 161 runs. So that showed how this was not a pitch where you could uh, you know play the sweep. You and whenever you had to play the sweep, you had to make sure that the point of impact was uh, was right under your eye and uh, the line was pretty full enough to uh, to play that sweep shot, as how Rohit did. So I think that is where, you know, England batsmen struggled and that was the difference. Indian batsmen traditionally, you know, play uh, pick play the spin from the hand and they're able to pick the length up a little quickly. They're able to use their feet. What we see with, uh, you know, the English and Australian batsmen is that they really don't pick the spin from the hand and that is why they rely on the sweep shot a lot more. And on this pitch, like I said, sweep shot was never going to be a solution as, you know, Jorud found out, especially against someone like Akshar Patel. Bowls at 90 plus uh, uh, Ks and you know, also has the height to extract the bounce. So even though he got out, you know, while sweeping the ball in first innings, I think the length was there. But again, the bounce and the pitch came into the equation. So a lot of factors <laughs> worked against England, and I think you uh, know, which the ones which worked against England were were in favour of uh, India. And uh, like you said. Uh, India also batted decently in the third innings. But I think you can't read too much into that because when you have a lead of 200 runs, you do tend to bat differently because there are not enough catching positions. So, Certainly. England really crossed the game on, uh, in their first innings when they got all out for 134.
0: Okay. So, I think uh, a lot to ponder from the response. So, it's easy, I think, uh, for me. Uh, bounce uh, is a variable here. Low bounce makes it a tough surface to play. And higher bounce, and adding to what Ashwin said, that a ball that spins is still easy to deal with compared to a ball that's traveling at 140 plus. So that brings me to the next question here. Toss is a, a big factor, not only in India, everywhere. I think home teams are very well suited to their conditions. You win the toss and pretty much you don't lose from there and most likely you win those matches. So what kind of bowling discipline goes in with the toss? Because if you look at Moinelli here, And compared to what we saw with Nathan Lyon in Australia, I mean, I don't have the stats with me, but Moeen Ali and Dom Best in the first test, even though England won, bowled a lot of looseners. Like, you know, Moeen bowled like 10 full tosses compared to India's one uh, for their entire innings. So talk about the bowling discipline that's needed these days to offset the losing of the toss.
1: I think uh, we don't have to look far, but look at India in Australia. Uh, India actually won the toss in the first test, but ended up losing that game because of that one session in Adelaide. And, you know, they lost the toss in all the next three tests, but they still won. So, I think uh, losing the toss is, is is a disadvantage, but it nowhere means that you can go on and to lose the game. Uh, you know, talking of someone like Mohin Ali, I thought, uh, you know, even though he took sort of eight wickets, four in each innings, uh, he did lack a lot of discipline. Uh, I, I mean, he got out Virat Kohli and then the very next ball that Achinkya Rane faced was a full toss. There were a few loose ones as well. Uh, Jack Leach also, you know, uh, instead of trying to bowl into one place, whenever he tried to bowl a little quicker, he sort of, you know, shorted his length and, you know, was uh, 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 was very well played by Rajin, Ajinkya Rahane where he went, went to the back foot and cut him. So, I think the discipline from English bowlers were lacking a little bit. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, someone like Nathan Lyon, I think India also played Nathan Lyon brilliantly in Australia because they were either too full coming down the track to smother the spin, or they were going completely back and then playing it. So I think that is where India have also shown a shown good amount of application when it comes to playing spin. But, uh, you know, talking of Mohi Nali, uh, I think one thing that he could have done in both the innings was when he was getting swept by Rohit and, uh, you know, being attacked by uh, attacked by Ajinkya Rahane as well. He should have tried coming around the wicket because that would have brought in the lbw in equation on every delivery because the ball would have pitched Outside the off stump, and every delivery would have turned into the stumps. That would have made you know sweeping from the stumps anyway risky because had Rohit missed any delivery or any batsman for that matter while she was sweeping from the stumps, the chances of getting LVW out are a lot more higher than when you are trying to you know play the uh, play the sweep shot or the reverse sweep shot when the ball is pitching outside the off stump. So I think that is where Mohin Ali you know uh, was too stubborn and didn't try and uh, try try to have that this line. I think if Dom Best plays in the next test, I'm not sure if he will because it's a pink ball test. If he does play the fourth test, I think Dom Best should try this. Uh, if if he's getting swept consistently by the Indian batsmen or being driven outside the off stump, I think uh, off spinners do should should actually think about coming around the wicket with some with something like which uh, with, with someone like Ravi Ashwin does brilliantly. You know we saw how he bowled around the wicket to right-handers when he was bowling in Australia. He got Marnus Labushane out that way. And you know uh, that is something which which off really don't use a lot, and uh, they can actually use it tool uh, to for their benefit uh, on a pitch, on pitches which have a lot of bounce.
0: Sure. So let's move on to Ashwin now. A very easy segue here. Uh, clearly, a lot has been written about his heroics uh, in Australia uh, with the bat in Sydney. Uh, he's finding a place now. Again, not finding a place. Actually, he's being labelled as a batting as a, as an all rounder. And we all know, like, his struggles with batting, he was playing one format and uh, was also on the verge of not getting selected if there was a healthy Jadeja. And we all know what unfolded after that. So let's talk about those numbers and his role as a, as a batsman. Someone also, I think, on Twitter, maybe in your account, someone mentioned that Hadley was termed as a all-rounder with a modest batting average. And uh, Ashwin, you know, the label comes off and on. So again, this is one of those myths that uh, we need to shed here. So, have you always seen him as an all-rounder or you think uh, uh, the dip in his form and now the current return to his form, you know, uh, the, the label removal is justified?
1: See, uh, yeah, as far as Ashwin's batting ability is concerned, that was always there because he started out as an opener while, you know, when he was playing uh, uh, club cricket in uh, Tamil Nadu. So, he always had the batting ability. The one thing, you know, where I, I felt, you know, where Ravi Ashwin's batting fell off was he started, you know, when he became unfit, he started working on his bowling a lot more and didn't didn't really think about his batting too much. And I think what what has what has transpired since the IPL is that he's really worked on his fitness. And you see that with the amount of overs he's bowled and not broken down. I was extremely worried for him, you know, if he'd survive the whole uh, Australian tour, uh, you know, or if he might, you know, get injured after the first test itself but the way he bowled in second innings in melbourne he, i think he bowled 40 overs out of 100 overs which india bowled that showcased you know his fitness and he didn't give any runs and he was very tight so i think working on his fitness has helped uh, ashwin you know in having that endurance and focusing on batting too i i read what bharat sundaresan had to write about him he said that he worked a lot on his batting you know in australia because he realized that you know when whenever you go overseas you need that extra batting depth and those runs from your lower order so I think how he batted in Sydney gave him that confidence, and the one thing that you that you that that you associate with Ashwin, you know, having confidence in his batting is when he's coming down the track to spinners. In his in his earlier days, when you know Ashwin used to score those fifties and hundreds at home, he was he was brilliant when it came to playing spin. He would always come down the track, drive them, and loft them. And th- this is something that he showed, you know, uh, in that first test and also a little bit in Australia. So I think he, he's gained that confidence again in between i think he started taking it lightly because he thought that he he would really have anyone around to bat with him so he, he should just swing his bat but what ashwin has showed is that he's started trusting his defense again and i think that has gone a long way in giving him confidence in his attacking game as well which we see when he whenever he's coming down the track to spinners
0: so yeah. and he's and sweeping he's, uh, more now right
1: yeah yeah so he's he's also sweeping more he, he spoke of how when he swept you know when he was younger he got uh, he got dropped and now he's when he's he has that confidence and he's become more secure of his place in the side. I think he, he thinks that he can take those little extra risks. And when when, I, and when they started to come off, like I spoke earlier, he became a lot more confident. So I think uh, working on his fitness, you know, uh, working on his fitness has helped his bowling. He's become more secure. And now that he's secure of, you know, being India's top spinner one, uh, once again, he started to work on his batting and, you know, which uh, is giving him returns again. India would love it if he, you know, he could carry this batting form when India go to England uh, in uh, sept- in August September. Whenever they tour them for five Test matches, because he's a very very handy batsman. He has that gift of playing late, which which a lot of which which a lot of subcontinental batsmen uh, really don't have. Because we see a lot of subcontinental uh, subcontinental batsmen. You know, whenever the bo- uh, the bowling uh, the bowling is short or when there is too much bounce, it sort of requires you to play late. They struggle. But Ashwin is one player who really doesn't play, uh, struggle when it comes to playing the short wall. He actually, you know, struggles when the ball is moving around. And I think he can work on that if uh, considering the amount of time he has whenever he has to come up with that.
0: Yeah, fair, fair enough. So, so let's also talk about, you know, the batting application that's needed. You know, Rohit Sharma in the first day, you know, made it look like, if you look at the test, how it went down that he was batting on a different surface. But again, the ball started doing more on day two uh but keeping that in mind how important was Rohit's innings in the context of the series and more important you know every time an Indian batsman fail you know we all have opinions and his name has I have said many times in the podcast before his name does polarize the conversation so where does this inning go in uh not that his spot as an opener was uh in question but where does this go in the long run of you know him being an incumbent opener I
1: think uh and firstly, if he were to talk of uh, if uh, like if it's his destinies, innings, I think it could argue, arguably be his best test innings. As far as you know, his impact is concerned, uh, a, a great impact. You know, if you consider the game, I think uh, if, if Rohit would have gotten out, India would have been all out on the first day, and then England would have probably approached the score differently. Not sure if the result would have been different, but yes, England wouldn't have been under that much pressure. I think the way Rohit batted in Australia and in these two games, he's shown that he's not, you know, he's not the walking wicket that a lot of people think that he could be while opening because he's become a lot more tighter. He's leaving outside the off-stump very well. He knows where his off-stump is. And, you know, he's showcased that against both spin as well as pace. So, I think India would love for him to, you know, have another good test match uh, in Ahmedabad, especially with the pink ball, because if he does well in the pink ball test, it will give both him and the management Immense, immense confidence when they go to England because uh, we, we, we all know that he doesn't struggle with bounce or pace. His his issue has always been movement. So if he's able to conquer that movement, it's going to give them, give the team management and both him a lot of confidence. It's not going to be exactly same as to how it would be in England, you know, on an overcast day. But I think this is as close as as it can get because replicating conditions in England or you know in or what you get in any country is very, very difficult. But, uh, you know, you've got to make the best of what you have. And I think Rohit having a good test match is is, is, is very important, both for him and the team.
0: Sure. So, uh, the next test is still a few days away. Uh, if you were to talk about team composition, who would you play? Or what changes would you make to the Indian lineup? I know Bumrah walks back in. So, at whose expense? And will you see another change if you were in charge?
1: See, I think uh, kuddeep Yadav will uh, unfortunately have to miss out and uh, Jaspreet Bhumra with will, will come in straight away. The other change that could take place would depend upon how the pitch is. If it's a dry pitch, okay, which doesn't have too much of grass, I think this will be the only change. But if it has a tinge of green, you know, which we saw uh, how it was in the uh, Sayyid Murtakale tournament, uh, India might go in with, uh, with a Shardul Thakur also as as. As a number eight or as a number seven, because you would need somebody who can bat also and you know provide that fourth bowling option, fourth seam seam bowling option rather. So that could happen, but I I doubt if you know if the pitch is going to have any grass on it. Considering uh, you know England ha- do have the resources to make use of it. There's going to be Anderson. There's going to be Jofra. Mark Wood is coming back. Coolie Stone has done well. Uh, Stuart Broad can also you know have one of those spells where he can just destroy the team in one session, you know, as he had in uh, Trent Bridge 8-for-15. So, I don't think that any grass cover would have been left on the pitch, which would, which would mean that India still go in with three paces and two spinners. So, Kuldeep Biada would go out and uh, Jasper Dhumra should come in. Oh,
0: fair enough. And what's the latest
1: also, on that? Al- also, if, 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 if Umesh is fit, because he's supposed to undergo a fitness test, if he does pass it, then he replaces Shardul Thakur in the squad. Uh, who knows you know he might also replace mohammed siraj because ishan sharma will play he had uh, because when you talk of controlling the swing there is no one better than him in in the in this current indian squad so Ishant and bumrah are a certainty if uh, if umesh gets fit then maybe uh, siraj also uh, he might replace siraj also you know it's going to be ishan sharma's 100th 100th test uh, the last player last indian player to achieve this was harbajan singh in 2013 so uh, It's been a long time since anyone in in India Colors has played 100 tests and it's going to be a massive, massive achievement for someone like Ishan Sharma. Hmm. Uh,
0: Another question here is on Akshar Patel again. uh, Budding all-rounder, a long ways to go. Ravindra Jadeja, that's his spot when he comes back. So what does this say of the depth of the Indian team? That uh, first, in the past when there was like a senior player who was missing, you knew for certainty that they would regain their spot. Uh, I think the same certainty still exists. But the kind of competition we saw in Australia... That these youngsters are, you know, it's a very healthy competition, breeding down their necks, and when they get this opportunity, they make it count. So fill in with some context how this series can go for Akshar Patel's test future with Jadeja as, you know, the original choice in the lineup. See,
1: uh, you know, uh, if, if if Akshar uh, Akshar's real test is going to come on pitches which which don't have a lot of, uh, don't have a lot of bounce and spin, where he's, uh, he's going to be forced to do a containing job if you look at his first class career he have he has an economy rate of 2.5 and you know uh, in in the few uh, odis that he has played and if you see his bowling in the ipl he's shown that he can, you know he can be a good defensive bowler so uh, you know these next two tests if he plays are going to decide how far you know or how far india think of him as a as a replacement from for, for ravindra, ravindra Jadeja whenever he's not fit or unavailable so uh, I think he definitely has the has the skills to replicate that role, but uh, he'll have to showcase it as well. Because, like you said, there are enough people, you know, uh, gra- uh, you know, uh, breathing down the neck of the Indian team, and you know, looking to break the doors. Because we saw what Washington Sundar did as well. So, how Akshar Patel goes in the next two test matches is going to determine uh, how much is he a part of India's plans uh, in the future uh, as a as a third as a third spinner or an all rounder because hardik, hardik pandya is not still fit enough to bowl if we if you talk of him as an all-rounder with washington sundar we have seen that he's a very good batsman you know uh, he's very compact but his bowling really needs a lot of work when you talk of red ball cricket so akshar patel you know has his hands full right now in terms of the role that he's supposed to do and if he if he does anywhere close to what ravindra jadeja does for the indian team uh, india should end up on the right side of the series and it will it will, it will will ensure that Akshar Patel stays in the scheme of things
0: for long. Sure. Another comment, I think a tweet you made uh, in the last week or so was about Virat Kohli's captaincy. You said besides the team selection, his captaincy has been spot on or has gotten better. So just enlighten us uh, and shed some narrative that goes around uh, his captaincy. I believe selection is a big part of it. But once the game starts, that's uh, the second part of the equation. So where would you rate his captaincy compared to the competition going around?
1: Before I talk of Virat Kohli's captaincy, I, I want to talk of captaincy as an whole. I think uh, you know we all uh, judge captaincy wrongly when we just take results into equation because uh, results can never be controlled by one individual uh, where twenty where, where twenty two players are playing. Right? There are ten there are ten players of your own team. There are eleven players of 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 some other team. You can probably have. In, who can probably pull every right move that that you that you can, but still lose the game just because the other team is more skilled enough. So uh, I think we judge captaincy wrongly when we just talk of results. I think captaincy is more about you know how you manage your resources and how you can come up with a plan B or a plan C when a plan A fails. And I think MS Dhoni was a master of it in uh, in white ball cricket, not really in red mm-hmm. ball cricket. When it comes to Virat Kohli, I think. You know, he's really grown as a captain in, in the last two years, especially after uh, the 2019 World Cup. He's shown that he can be more patient with players and giving them chances. I I don't think there was ever an issue with his on-field tactics as such. You know, uh, if you talk of India's bowling, they always look like having a plan for each and every batsman and having the right field positions. As we saw in the first test also, even though there were there weren't any wickets falling, but the field placements were such that you know, even a few loose balls could have been protected, and there were no easy runs for England. England bat, batted for two days, but their run rate was just hovering around three. So that spoke of how you know Virat Kohli was still able to control the proceedings a little bit. But because you usually see, say, if India would have batted for two days on the first uh, uh, in the first test on that Chennai pitch, India would have you know uh, scored somewhere around 600 runs in 160 overs, if not 150 overs. So I think that is where the captaincy bit comes in as we saw with uh, someone like Joe Root, you know, he massively, massively underused Ollie Stone on uh, on day three. He only bowled seven overs in that whole innings and he could have been brought in, you know, when the sixth wicket fell and Ashwin was attacking the spinners because he was much more comfortable against the spinners. He wouldn't have been as comfortable as Ollie, as against Ollie Stone because with his pace, he would have generated some some uncertain bounce and that would have troubled someone like Ravi Ashwin. Even when Kuldeep Yadav felt uh, Ollie Stone wasn't there to be seen and, you know, Jack Leach got hit for runs, uh, you know, uh, from uh, even someone like Mohamed Siraj and Ollie Stone had dismissed him. Don't think it would have changed the result as such, but it just goes on to show as to how, uh, you know, resources are being used by a captain. Uh, I think Virat Kuli has gotten better at playing 11s and selecting them. I think that if he keeps acing that, because, you know, to ace those playing 11s, you also need some work from the backroom staff. You need some work from the support staff as we have seen, you know, with someone like uh, Mumbai Indians, how well they do it in the IPL. So I think once that, those roles in the backroom staff are defined, Virat Kohli will eventually, you know, he he will he will have the results to show, show for his captaincy. I think he's really grown as a captain in the next two years. And we see that immensely, you know, whenever uh, media or, you know, in press conferences he's asked about other players. He's asked about Ajinkya Rahane's uh, form and he said, uh, you know, we will continue to back him regardless of what happens was asked about Hanima Vihari by Steven Smith in Australia, and you know he had a lot of great things to say about him. He's become much more assured uh, in terms of what he wants uh, from his players, and I think uh, that will go a long way in, uh, in in how this team shapes up and what kind of a legacy he creates. Uh, as far as his current legacy as a Test captain is concerned, I think his biggest legacy has to be the India's uh, the pace bowling attack that India have, and uh, I think it can really get better in terms of the backups that we have now. And this is something he had spoken of in Australia when they had won in 2018, 2019. So I think he's not as bad a captain as he's made out to be just because of his, uh, IPL, uh, IPS I think, uh, you know, uh, how RCB went yesterday. They, I don't think they have invested enough in any uh, death bowler. They've invested in bowling, but they don't have a death bowler. And I can totally see, you know, RCB leaking runs and, you know, not winning uh, this time, you know, if they don't win or if they don't qualify, uh, I will see, you know, there would be talks of re- removing Kohli as captain when, you know, a lot of titles that you win in an IPL are on the auction table. So, I, I, I have just always said that, you know, uh, judging captaincy on the basis of result is is just hindsight. You have to judge captaincy uh, on, on on a lot of other things but not result.
0: I think there's a lot to ponder. Maybe we can do... a Proper episode on that, uh, but you're right. He does seem more assured, and I think that's just uh, that's just how it works in any field. I think uh, he's been in charge for a long time, and you see his growth and how he's backing his players. And I think uh, you put it out. I think uh, quite accurately. Uh, So let's look at the team selection from England's point of view. What do they do to get back in the mix of things? The rotation policy is there. Butler is gone. Becero is coming back. And uh, do you see Broad Anderson playing together for the pink ball test? Uh, What's your initial feeling? What kind of a uh, team England will put out for the Ahmedabad test?
1: I don't think... uh, See, I... I, You know, before when England were playing against uh, Sri Lanka, I'd spoken of, you know, how the best bowling attack that England can put on the park. We will only have Jack Leach as a spinner and not have Dom Best. because, uh, you know, teams in uh, teams when they travel to subcontinent they sort of get into a mindset where they think that they have to play spinners, not realizing that their pacers might be better than spinners regardless of the pitch that they play on. They might be better. Uh, they might be better wicket takers. This was something which you know sort of Ganguly used to do when he used to play. Both Harbhajan and uh, Anil Kumble, even overseas, because he felt that they were his better taking options than playing a third pacer. I think England need to have that mindset again. They they should play uh, just uh, just a Jack Leach and then play three pacers with Ben Stokes being a fifth bowler. Who those three pacers would be, I think two of them are more more or less assured in James Anderson and Jofra Archer. Who does that third pacer be? I think would come down to if they think if the pitch has more bounce or more movement. If they think that movement is the key, they might go for uh, uh, they might go for a Stuart Broad. But if they think that they might need someone to bounce out and you know trouble the Indian batsman with pace, then anyone of Mark Wood or Ollie Stone could play. And uh, uh, Mark Wood Mark Wood has some serious serious pace. I, I, I am a, I am a huge fan of Mark Wood. I genuinely wanted him to be available for the IPL auctions because as we have seen in the IPL as well. Fast bowlers, you know, especially express quakes go for a lot because that is one that is one resource which you don't find, you know, easily uh, available amongst the domestic Indian players or the uncapped players. So hence, you know, Mark would have would, would have would have fudged a lot of money had he been available in the auction. And uh, like I said, I, I see England playing three spacers, one spinner in Jack Leach and Ben Strokes being the fifth bowler. If Johnny Bestow is available and back, I think he should play. Who he plays in, uh, who he play, uh, who does he replace would I think come down somewhere between amongst. Uh, I think it should be it should be coming in, between, uh it should be coming down to replacing Dan Lawrence or Anolipo, and definitely not Ben fox because Ben fox in that first showed that he could apply and that. It has to be somewhere someone between Dan Lawrence or Anolipo.
0: Mm. Uh, let's talk about uh, Ben Stokes. You know the big match player, and you know players do have. A couple of bad tests here and there. How important is his uh, return to some sort of form? I mean, not return. He did score a fifty in the first test, but uh, how how reliant are England on his batting skills to make uh, to make this you know competition in their favor or you know bounce back in Ahmedabad?
1: They're not only reliant on his bowling, uh, batting but bowling too. I don't think he bowled a lot of overs in, in second test either. He he will have to do a lot more bowling in Ahmedabad because of, you know, the pink ball and to ensure that the other pacers are having a good amount of rest in between their spells. As far as his batting is concerned, you know, you always, always want your number five to score runs and take you out of trouble because uh, invariably a number five walks into a situation where you've lost, uh, you know, uh, you lost early wickets and you don't have enough on the board. And if you, uh, or if you have enough on the board, you want the number five batsman to consolidate. So, he, he would have to be wary of, you know, the threat that R. Ashwin is posing right now in front of him. How he varies it would be, you know, would be good to see because he, he's not as bad player of a spin. It's just that R. Ashwin is having a hood on him, uh, with, with, which I don't think he should be very embarrassed about because R. Ashwin has got the better of a lot of lot of good left-handed batsmen. Uh, he's taken, I, I think he's dismissed uh, uh, David Warner also 10 times. He's dismissed uh, Alistair Cook a few times. He's, he's traveled a lot of left-handers. So I think uh, if, if Ashwin comes, I think he would look to attack him rather than playing him from the crease. Probably use his feet. And and he's shown that he can do that. He's shown that he can do that in white ball cricket. He's done it in the IPL as well. It would be an interesting battle. And, you know, I, I, I think Ashwin would also be up to the task.
0: Sure. So before we switch to other topics, any prediction as we are approaching, I think 10 minutes left here on the time we agreed. So what's your prediction on how this test is going to play out? I know, it's still a few days away, but uh, if you want to make a prediction, how many days? Who wins?
1: I think India should back them. Uh, I think uh, India should g- genuinely back them. Uh, if England win, it it would be a surprise, but it would not be uh, it would not be something you know which would come as a shock because they've shown that they have the quality. But I th- I still think India should back themselves in the next two tests. They have enough quality to trouble England.
0: Sure. Before we talk about the IPL auction I want to have a word about Faf du Plessis you know uh, a marquee player just called time and test cricket and rightfully he said with two white Paul t20 world cups coming uh, he wants to focus his energies there so where does he rank in the spectrum of modern day south african batsmen i know he didn't even play what he played 69 70 tests but what has his been contrib- has contribution been like and where would you put him in you know among the likes of uh, callis de villiers and uh, some of the modern day south african greats
1: firstly i think it's a it, it was a good decision to uh, to retire i i saw his averages in the last test, uh, 10 test series i think he averaged over 100 only in two test series one of them was against bangladesh and one was then one one of them was against the recently concluded uh, test series against sri lanka at home yeah uh, in all the away series that he's played in especially in his last 10 tests he's, he's hardly averaged over 30 uh, against India at home, he in 2018 he didn't score a lot of runs. Against Australia at home, he didn't score a lot of runs. And in the in the whole WTC cycle, he averages around 25, 26. So it was a good decision to back. He was uh, to to retire in, to retire himself. He was anyway on a downfall. If you talk of uh, you know where does he rank among the the modern players? I think uh, if you if you speak of. Uh, he was one of the he was one of the keys or you know one of the uh, one of the players who sort of held his own uh, amongst the trio of AB de Villiers Hashim Amla and you know the third one was obviously uh, uh, fast du Plessis he, score, he scored 10. i think he could have scored more centuries just as 10 centuries but his average of 40 does speak as to you know how he was an important cog in the wheel for for South Africa but i think he could have achieved more without a doubt. But if you had, had to talk of, you know, this current crop where you talk of Hashim Amla, you talk of JP Domini, you talk of uh, AB Fah- uh, De Villiers, you talk of Favre Duplessis, he has to be right up there. I think uh, in this decade, he's probably in the top three. I think uh, there is no comparison with Jack Callis for any South African cricketer. I think anyone who comes close is... I think the, the two cricketers who come close to Jack Callis is is someone who would be a combination of uh of a Dale stain and an A e. B de Villiers. because that is that that is the volume that that Jack Callis has you know has accumulated for himself as a as a South African test cricketer. So no comparison with Jack Callis uh for anyone, but yes. I think after AB uh, after e. de Villiers there's Hashim Amla and then there's du Duplessis in the in the modern South African cricketers. Probably, you know, now South Africa would hope that. Uh, Dean Elgar and Adrian Makram, you know, place themselves in that league again and hopefully take the team forward.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of duplicity in the upcoming IPL. So let's conclude this podcast with a few questions on the IPL. Maybe we can have you back on the in-depth preview when we do one uh, preceding the tournament. Uh, So another question I have, you're a Delhi Capital fan and, you know, analysts, you focus a lot on them. So, was picking Steve Smith a good pick? Were you surprised? Or, uh, what are they looking at him? Uh, is it solely from leadership point of view? Your thoughts on that?
1: I think... I, I genuinely think that they wanted to bring up the price for RCB. When they when RCB bid, I think they bid just hoping that they, they could increase the price and then they got him. I don't think they needed him for a leadership point of view because you already have uh, an Ajinkya Rahane, you already have an R. Ashwin and you have uh, Experienced players in Ishan Sharma, Shikhar Dhawan, and Amit Mishra. So there's enough experience there. Uh, even in the support staff, there's someone like uh, Ricky Ponting, Mohammed Kev, Praveen Amre. So I I I don't think they would have you know got uh, tried to get him for leadership experience. Apart from that, I personally feel that you know uh, Steve Smith has never been a good captain anyway. We saw that with Rajasthan Royals in the last season. Some of his decisions were extremely questionable. You know, bowling Unath cut in the penultimate over ahead of Jofra Archer, not leaving Archer with enough runs. Uh, bowling, uh, not not bowling Archer in the power play when he had already taken two wickets against SRH when they had just one fifty runs to chase. So I I don't think he's a good captain anyway. But I don't and and I don't think that they would have gotten him for a leadership role anyway. If you if you have so many players, uh, you know who who are experienced. As far as you know, uh. You know, if you talk of him by adding value with the bat, I think Delhi have a surplus of players who can bat in top three. There's Shikhar, there's uh, Prithvi Shaw, there's Shreyas Iyer, there's Ajinkya Rahane, and if you see someone like a uh, Marcus Tries, his also his best position also in the format is opening the batting. And uh, Shimron Hitmyer also bats, uh, you know, at three, four West Indies and in a lot of T20 that he plays back home. So I think there were there were enough players to bat in the top three. I think that 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 was a bluff gone wrong, and now they have to, you know, sort of keep him in the squad and you know see how they use it. But if you were to ask me, I'd personally play play a Sam Billings uh, ahead of C Smith, uh, and you know if 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 not Sam Billings, then a Shimron Hatmire, and then maybe I'll try and fit C Smith somewhere if if I have to, if both of them are not you know doing the job.
0: Uh, sure, yeah. a couple more, and then uh, of course you had a mini thread on your uh, Twitter account on Pujara. That was a I wouldn't say mind-boggling. With all due respect, I really I, I'm a Pujara fan, but I, I just didn't see the value. I mean, CSK brought him for. Do you think he's going to warm the bench, or do you think he can really add value or some sort of solidity? Why Dhoni and co? You know, uh, I, actually, I actually lost your voice a little bit. You said you are a Pujara
1: fan, and then I lost
0: your voice. Sorry. So, so basically, my question is, uh, CSK picking Pujara. Do you think Pujara will get a lot of games? What's the mindset in bringing? that kind of a guy in the mix who hasn't played any white ball cricket athlete IPL for seven years running. So what does he offer uh, think, to CSK?
1: I think someone mentioned that they probably uh, got him to sort of have him play uh, play club cricket for uh, for India Siemens because he plays for some other rival company in the, in the club cricket format so that, you know, they could have him. But I genuinely don't understand why they've taken... Cheteshwar Pujara and uh, and Robin Uthappa as well from uh, from uh, Rajasthan Royals because they have enough players who can bat at the top. Let's not forget there is uh, Jagdishan, there is Ruturaj. Ruturaj did brilliantly for them in the last season in the three games that he played. He scored some three three fifties back to back, and uh, Jagdishan uh, was the highest run scorer in the recently concluded Sayer Mushtagali tournament. So I don't see why they went for Cheteshwar Pujara. I am actually worried. You know if this could mean he's not playing the county uh county cricket format because i don't see him getting a lot of games and uh you know that might that might you know uh, uh might not turn out well for him and if he does play i hope he doesn't have that pressure where you know he tries to be too aggressive and tweaks his technique a little bit the last thing anyone would want is Chiteshar pujara playing t20s and spoiling his technique for test matches play there 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 have there, been talks where people say that he might have been bought to do a role which uh, which Subramaniam Badrinath used to do for CSK in 2010-2011, but I think currently they they have two or three players who can do that role. They have Ambati Raidu, they have a Suresh Rana, they also have Mahindra Singh Dhoni, who I feel you know should come out to bat uh, before the twelfth over because he takes his time. If he's going to come after come to bat after the twelfth over, he's, he's he's spoiling his team's chances. So I think if there is ever a ever a need of you know, uh, someone to arrest the collapse. That should be MS Dhoni himself, and not the a, not a Cheteshwar Pujara. I think if if they do play a Cheteshwar Pujara or a Robin Uthappa in their eleven, they will be spoiling their team's chances. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that was my concern too. Like, there's a trade-off of playing county uh,
1: I, I, cricket I also for Pujara. Love Pujara. I I actually want him to you know play county cricket and you know get even even stronger and more acclimatized to English conditions so that he can score heaps and heaps of runs. He, he he's had a, he's he's had two very good tours to Australia. He had a very average kind of a tour in twenty fourteen. His tour in twenty eighteen was 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 a little better because he got he scored a brilliant century in Southampton. But I genuinely believe that you know, someone like a Chedeshwar Pujara could have a four hundred to five hundred run series in England. Uh, you know, in September or uh, in August September this year, if and if he plays that county cricket, I think he'll get more acclimatized and more suited to playing that Duke swing ball. Dukes ball with swings a lot in England and you know I think also like I said I, I fear if he might you know tweak his technique because we see acing three formats is not easy for any cricketer and uh, you, you there are hardly two or three batsmen who come to mind you know in terms of Coley Kane-Williams and then Abide Villiers and I could say the same for bowlers as well apart from a Bumrah and an Archer you don't see anyone who's sort of nailed all all three formats
0: sure so the floor is yours again uh you know we can't fit all the teams here, but looking at the recent auction, uh, who's the biggest winner and which team you know didn't make the right choices? If you were to uh, summarize the auction,
1: I think which team didn't make the right choices, I would have to say RCV won. I one uh, RCB I think you know they went overboard both with Kyle Jamieson and Maxwell. Uh, I I thought Jamieson was a panic buy and punjab didn't even need them punjab was just hyping the price because they knew that rcb uh, would want to get kyle jameson I, I think they don't they don't have they don't have death bowlers their only death bowling option as of now you know to me seems to be Nabdeep saini who's also you know who also is not reliable yet so i think they have missed a trick i'm not sure what sunrisers hyderabad wanted to achieve because they've gone for a they've taken a mujib and they've taken uh they've taken one other foreigner, which I can't I think they've taken Mujib and they've you know had uh Jagdisha Souches and uh, and one one other bowler uh, player overseas which who's that. Anyway, I think you know uh they, they also didn't go for uh uh they, they, they didn't go for an express spacer which they should have needed because Unesha Kumar is going to come from an injury. He's not going to be bowling at the same pace. And we saw that in, in the four matches that he played for uh that, that he played for SRH in 2020 IPL. So I think they should they, they should be gone for an express spacer. And uh, you know, although they do have three Afghanistan spinners in Rashid, Nabi and Mujib, but Nabi hardly last season. So I I find it def- very difficult for someone like a Mujib to get a game.
0: Okay, so I think uh we covered quite a lot uh, i will definitely plan to bring you back when you know for another series or more like an ipl preview at some point soon so thank you gurkira this was very insightful hopefully the listeners here will benefit from from your inputs uh, it was a pleasure hosting you